Hello and welcome to Omens and Epiphanies. I'm Grace and I'm going on a journey. I hope you'll join me. Today we're talking about the 11th card of the Major Arcana, Justice, not Strength. So this is a great time to go get a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, some hot cocoa, whatever your drink of choice is, and find a deck that you want to get closer to. I have four in front of me today. I have the Idiosyncra deck, which um, is hotly debated on how to say it, but it's by Jesse Botts, Steampunk Tarot, Sun Moon Tarot, and Lightseer's Tarot. So let's start with the Idiosyncra deck because I pulled this card specifically because I love how simple her style is, Jesse's style. It's very clean. It's vectors. Um, there's shadowing, but it's obvious shadowing and not like blended shadowing. So her justice card is a skull sitting in a forest with a tree growing out of it, which is just so, it's such an interesting take on this card. And I just love it. The steampunk tarot has a woman in red with a corset because it's steampunk tarot staring straight at me. In front of her is a set of scales. This train, man. On the left side of the scales, on her left, is a single feather. And on the right side of the scales are gems. And the scale specifically is pointing towards the center, indicating that these are equal. Falling out of her left hand are four cards. The Hanged Man, the Queen of Wands, the Eight of Swords, I think, and I believe the Ace of Pentacles. I've been working with this deck for a long time. Actually, since I've started reading tarot, this was my second deck that I've ever been able to really read with. So I recognize the cards without the numbers on them, but that one's kind of hidden behind another one. And it's been a hot minute since I've like read professionally. So <laughs> I've been working on other things instead. Um, there's also two pillars behind her and a curtain that is reminiscent of the high priestess. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reminiscent of the high priestess with the two pillars and the curtain. The Justice card in in the Sun Moon Tarot has a an angel, but her wings are butterfly wings rather than like traditional angel wings. They're orange. Um, there are six circles above her and six below her. Her hair is kind of floating up and she's holding a sword straight down. She's also got a cute little dress on. It's like a teal dress with a yellow overdress, like a kind of like an apron, but I'm assuming it goes all the way around. She also has a set of scales. Um, at the top of the set of scales is the yin yang symbol. And then on the, on her left is a feather in a bowl that has the omega symbol on it. And on her right is a heart, which um, is in a bowl that has the alpha symbol on it. So alpha to omega, we'll actually talk about that in a second, but you get the idea. And um, she's kind of tilting her head and looking at me. The light seers tarot has a, um, a female holding a sword in front of her and off of the sword, she, she's like unsheathing it, or maybe sheathing it, but it looks like unsheathing where she's pulling it out of the, the container, <laughs> the, the sword container, the sheath. I don't want to say sheath too many times, but then it became weird when I called it a container. So <laughs> oops. Um, she's pulling out the sword and there are two empty containers one hanging from the handle and one hanging from from the sheath. The one from the handle has white dots and the one from the sheath has black dots, but there is nothing that I can see that's inside of those. 
What I find really um, breathtaking about this card is that her reflection is looking straight at me while her eyes are closed. Um, the I don't know how this reflection is happening. Like, I, it doesn't. It's not clear if she's looking at me like through a table or through water, or if it's just like her body has a face in it. <laughs> but she, her eyes are straight up, op- wide open, and looking right at me. This would be um, actually a really cool card to talk about reversals with. So let's let's just do like a quick side side length. Um, we've talked about reversals before about how there's a couple different ways to read them, but in this one, I when I look at this card upright. I'm drawn to her eyes being closed first, right? It looks like the judgment hasn't quite happened yet. When I flip it over, I see her looking straight at me first. I see that um, that she has done the judgment and she's ready to enact justice. I'm going to say that three of those cards were all 11s, except for the um, Sun Moon Tarot. That was card number eight. And we've talked about that in episode number eight about strength and explaining why the cards are the way they are. Because of the hermetic, because of the hermetic order, the golden dawn. All right. Our second half today is going to talk about numerology. So I'm just going to tell you right now that this card is a number one again, which is about planting seeds, taking initiative and having leadership. And I think that I've stopped um, quoting where I got that information from. All of my um, numerology comes from judithsalt.com, J-U-D-Y-T-H. She's actually the first person who taught me how to read tarot, um, other than technically my mother and a book called the Tarot Bible. But she's, I went to like a workshop with her, um, which might be a story for today and it might be a story for another day. We'll see. So in the, in this deck, um, in these decks, I mentioned the Alpha and Omega, which is not like super rare, but happens like it only happened one in the four decks I have. So the Alpha and Omega, Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet and Omega is the final letter of the Greek alphabet. So it's judging basically your whole life. Um, on the Sun Moon Tarot, nope, on the Light uh yeah, I was right the first time. On the Sun Moon Tarot, uh, the Hebrew symbol Teth or Serpent or Redemption is on that card. But overall, Tarot 101 um, goes through the different things that are usually on the Justice card. First of all, a sword. We saw a sword in a lot of these. It's a swift reaction to action and the cruel way cause and effect works. Um, a blindfold, none of mine had a blindfold, but the one girl had her eyes closed, um, is about being objective and justice is blind kind of mentality. The two pillars in the uh, steampunk tarot are about balance of two polarities and is a throwback to the other card that has the two pillars. Um, The feather and the heart is about the Egyptian myth that after death, the heart versus the symbol of ma'at, nope, mayet, is weighed. And if a heart if the heart is heavier, it means that that heart or that soul is weighed down with sin and sorrow, and that soul is devoured by Sebek in that case. There's a really cool car being really cool outside. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> um, I also was kind of curious, so I did some more uh, research on Mayette, and she's an Egyptian goddess of law, truth, and justice. All of this came from Wikipedia, by the way, because I didn't have time to dig deeper. (laughs) Um, She regulates the stars, the seasons, and the actions of mortals and deities. 
And apparently in Egyptian mythology, they do counterparts. So her masculine counterpart is, part is Toth, which is interesting because that's a different type of tarot. Um, and then Wikipedia quotes, in the in the Egyptian mind, Mayet bound all things together in an indestructible unity. The universe, the natural world, the state, and the individual were all seen as parts of a wider order. So she brings all of that together in an indestructible unity. So I found that very interesting. Um, scales in these and all of these is about balance. Any crowns are about the cause and effect specifically from an authority figure. And if there's ever a courtroom, it's about the human reflection of justice. Tarot 101 goes on to explain that the justice card, um, quote, the term balance is often applied to this card, but it does not signify balance in the sense of two things being equal, but rather the natural flow of the universe working around us. The natural law of the universe wins out over the artificial laws of mankind. Nature cares little for morality or equality and always moves forward to adjust itself to changing circumstances in order to maintain the equilibrium needed to survive. And I love that because I've always been a little bit shaky on the meaning of justice. Um, I always think of it as justice in a courtroom, but I love this justice based on nature. Um, So we've all heard that the moths decided to become darker to survive, but that's not really what happened, right? What happened was... um, Moss were white in London, just by nature of the colors of London. And then smoke and steam and fog and and all of the byproducts of um, industrialism came and made it so that way those white moss stood out starker against the grungy <laughs> buildings of London. And by chance, a couple of moths just happened to be a little bit darker and they blended in a little bit more and they got eaten less. That's the justice of nature is that nature decides what, who lives and who stays and who goes and who gets eaten and who lives on to carry on the bloodline. And so the moths that were white died faster than the moths that were darker. So the moths that were darker passed on the genetics to be darker to other moths. And so now those moths are dark. When I was in college, there was um, squirrels that were black. We called them ninja squirrels. (laughs) I have no idea why they genetically became darker, but it's just a thing that is uh, in that area are the darker squirrels. I don't know why that has to do with anything, but that's the idea of that. The justice of nature is finding balance naturally rather than with a court of law. And then in the fool's journey, um, when the fool comes across justice, it's a time for decision. He has to make a decision. They have to make a decision. I've been pausing so much for the train that I don't know how much time this episode's actually going to be, but I think there's enough time for me to tell you the story about my origins. I So I did grow up um, with my mother doing tarot. I actually thought for a long time that she had picked up her first deck of tarot cards when I was in the womb, but it actually happened far before that when she was in Israel. But... I did grow up with her doing tarot sometimes, like mostly on, I remember dark and stormy nights when the fireplace was going and she had a glass of wine or two or three or four and sorry, mom. (laughs) Um, and she would do tarot for her friends and every now and again, me, if I was having a rough time, um, she did that for me when my ex-boyfriend now 
um, was just being kind of weird. She did a reading and she pulled the um, three of swords. Nope. The three of cups, which she specifically relates to being um, in a... Mm, uh, in a cheaty relationship. There's some sort of infidelity. But um, she was very quick to warn me that um, it might just be that I think he's cheating. Well, I didn't think he was cheating <laughs> until she had said that. It turns out he was, but we, that's a different story. Um, and so when I was in college, I picked up my first deck of tarot cards with my roommate at the time. We went to a little bookstore called Village Books, and um, I just picked one that looked kind of familiar. Well, it turns out it was the same one my mother had. <laughs> it's one of her decks. It was the Raider Weight. Hey, I mean, I can't. Okay. There's a cat eating food right next to me, but I can't be mad at him because he's eating food and it's okay. Like, hey, eat food, eat food quieter though. Koshka. He's the loudest eater right now. Um, and I also got the Tarot Bible, which I actually don't know where it is. I think I gave it to my sister, but um, I would, you know, do the do a spread that's from the back of the book. I would flip through the tarot Bible and um, I would read the description of the card. I didn't know how to read the cards by sight back then. I didn't hadn't memorized anything either. Um, and it was accurate. Like I wrote it down and I went back later and I looked at it and it was accurate. But you can totally hear that I can tell. Um, One year I went on vacation with a new boyfriend, still an ex, but you know, later. And um, downstairs was this really cute couple. This lady was working on a newsletter, she said, and her husband was reading a book. And I remember they had a rule that um, if he was within 20 pages of the end of the book that he couldn't be interrupted. <laughs> so I talked to her instead. Um, and she does, she does tarot readings and workshops and stuff. And so I asked her, you know, I got her contact information and I went to a goodbye party for somebody. Um, or no. She's like, oh yeah, it's happening next weekend. Ah, so, you know, I did it. I went to her workshop and um, I, one of the, it was like a three-day uh, retreat workshop. One of the tasks was to take a random deck from her pile of decks, go out into the woods with a blanket and a journal and just, or no, and a phone and just read to ourselves. So we were to um, record our reading into our phone and then play it back later. Because the whole point is that when you're reading for yourself, you're using both the um, interpretive and understanding parts of your brain at the same time. And you just want to interpret the cards and then later understand them. So I went out of the woods. The cards were in Spanish. I know Spanish, but like not that well. Um, and then I don't know tarot Spanish, you know, <laughs> judgment. I don't know. Um, and my phone wouldn't work. It wouldn't turn on. It <laughs> kept shutting off. It kept dying. The battery was freaking perfect, but it would not work for me. So I came back and I was just crying. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do it without my book. My phone's not working. She's like, okay, well, that's not your deck. It's okay. Um, and so I ended up just you know, calming down. And, and once I found a deck that worked for me, oh, my phone worked. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, cause we sat around and we did readings and I was like, oh, this card is this card and that card is in here and that card's over there. And, um, somebody was like, wait, I have, I have a spare set of this deck that I brought with me from, um, Chicago. Do you want it? <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course I want a deck that's flown halfway across the United States to be with me. Yeah, I'd love to. 
So that's my Shadowscape Stero that I still use today. Um, and then later I bought, or no, later I, I also liked the Steampunk Tarot. Um, and my friend gave it to me when her friend gave it back to her without ever shuffling it or whatever. It's perfect. So that's why I know some tarot readers say that you shouldn't buy your first deck. What I say is that your first deck, if it's meant to be, will come to you in some way. But it's totally fine to buy your first deck. Somebody's going to come at me for that. That'd be cool. Yeah, let's let's get some like, somebody be mad at me. I want to know that somebody's out there. <laughs> I do this for myself, but I also do it for some other people. And I want to know that you're there. Okay, so this is part two um, is about numerology because we hit um, 10 and now we're at 11 and it's interesting to know what happens to numerology when you go past a certain number. So numerology restarts. Every time you end up with a two digit number, which means two different numbers together. So like 10, 11, 12 are two digit numbers. You add up those digits together. So for 11, we add up the one and the one and get a two, which means that this is not about planting seeds initiative and leadership because I just did one again. Hold on. <laughs> Let me go back to the second card of the deck. Okay. This is about harmony, balance, and cooperation, which makes a lot more sense. Okay. I feel better now. Um, so numerology is a very specific subset of divination. Now there's numerology that changes, um, like the date. Um, I have a whole year number, right? So I'm currently 31. So my, my age number is four and, um, it is my birthday hasn't happened yet this year. So I'm still using 2020 numbers, but once it hits my birthday, I'm going to switch it to 2021 numbers. That doesn't make any sense unless I, I wish I could like show you all the math that I do, but I would just add up every part of my birthday. So if I was born on May 16th, I would do five plus one plus six plus my birth year, one plus nine plus eight plus nine. So I would add up all those digits and I would get like a six or something. I don't actually know because I haven't done it recently, but that is my, my number. Um, that all together will never change because it's my birth date. And so, um, that would be my, my full, I think it's called a life path number. And then, um, everybody has the same universal number. We're in the year 2021 right now. So that's a five. So this year, a five year has specific qualities that we're all going through. And then, um, there's also like personal numbers, life path numbers, life numbers, universal numbers, year numbers, blah, blah, blah. There's so many different numbers. Basically anything that you can think to add up is a number. So my age is a number that I can add up. Um, my birth date again is a number I can add up, etc. So anything that's a number, my house numbers, I can add up. What's that? Five, six. Yeah. So my house is a six. Um, but if I include things like my, my street and my zip code, that's a different number. So those are all numbers. Now, some people were like, what about my name? How can I add up my name? Because there's, there's numerology based on your name as well. Well, there's a couple different ways to do it. Um, there's the Pythagorean way, which yes, is like the Pythagorean theorem. It's the same guy. Um, he did not have necessarily a cult, but he, we might talk about that later, but, um, Pythagoras was somebody who traveled to India, brought back a lot of the ideas about reincarnation, about, um, about past lives, about vegetarianism, about, um, meditation. He brought back a lot of things from India is what I'm trying to say. So Pythagorean came up with a system where basically it's the numbers one through nine and you just write the letters in order. And then when you get to nine, you would restart. 
So A through I, like A is one, B is two, C is three, D is four, et cetera, et cetera, all the way to I. And then J is a one again. And it goes all the way through. And then S is a one again, and it goes all the way through, which means that Z ends on an eight, you know, the usual. Now, okay, this is the exact same thing as just taking the, the spot that the number is in the um, English lettering system and adding up those digits. Because if I do Z, Z is the eighth number in the Pythagorean number system. Z is the 26th letter in, in English at least. And so that would just be two plus six, which is eight. So you really don't need to remember that it restarts at I or that you don't have to like write it all out every time. Because if I take, let's just say um, omens, okay? Well, O, actually, I don't know which letter that is. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Okay, so O is the 15th letter. So I would do one plus five, which is six. So O is a six. Um, so if I do omens, I would do six plus four plus five plus five plus one. I almost said plus a. <laughs> so let's see, six, um, six and four is 10, five and five is 10. So that's 21. So then I would continue simplifying that to a three. So the first name of my podcast, Omens, is a three number in the numbering system. Now, I would probably do the whole thing. I don't want to do the whole thing on here. It just doesn't sound fun to me. But um, let's say I have a three. That's about um, creativeness and willingness to face all challenges. <laughs> I did not do the numerology when I picked my name, but maybe I should have. Okay. There's also um, the Chaldean or Chaldean. I'm not sure. And I didn't look it up. And I'm a terrible podcaster for that. Actually, I'm like every podcaster because I did that. Um, but the Chaldean number system is um, from Babylonian times. So it's also called the Babylonian system. Now, this looks really confusing to me when I first looked at it because it's A, B, C, D, E, U, O, F, I, K, I is a one again, K, G, M, H, V, Z, P, J, R, L, T, N, W, Q is a one, S is a three, five is an X and Y is a one again. <laughs> and I went, what the hell? Well, it turns out that's a Greek order. Um, it's not quite like, I don't like the one-to-one -one correspondence from Greek letters to English letters. Cause like the Omega kind of is like an O, but they used a Y in here, but Y in Greek looks kind of like, um, uh, a gamma. <laughs> so I don't hundred percent understand how somebody came up with this, but this is actually the, one of the very first um, numerology systems. I called it OG numerology in my notes. And so this, uh, people think that this is actually more accurate than maybe the Pythagorean theorem system, Pythagorean system, but it's up to you, I think. So maybe I would try both and see what you get. Um, in the Chaldean system, the master numbers 11, 22, and 33 do not get reduced. So um, if I end up, if I add up all my numbers and I end up with a 33, I keep the 33. I don't, I don't combine it to be six. It's, it's a powerful number, so I use it as a 33. It's a special type of six. If you go to numerologytoolbox.com, you can actually type in your name or whatever you want. And it'll do the numerology calculation for you. So you don't have to be good at math to be good at numerology. It's okay. I, you know, I got you.
Um, I do want to say that um, your name gives you a personality and destiny. Um, They say, they being probably the internet when I looked this up, that your birth name is about your inner nature and true purpose. But (laughs) Alphabet Mafia um, ally here. If you have a name that you do not identify with anymore, use your new name. Use the name that your people call you, that you call yourself, that everything happens. If it's Rutabaga, use Rutabaga. Like, don't don't dead name yourself in order to figure out your numerology, okay? We all know that a birth name has, has intent, right? Whenever we talk about Faye, we talk about how you can't tell them your full name. Um, whenever we... If you don't identify with your name, it does not have power over you. The thing that has power over you is the thing that you um, answer to. So even if, I mean, I guess your dead name does give you power, does have power over you because you can feel not so hot when somebody calls you that. You can feel really angry. You can feel um, frustrated. So all I'm saying is that you don't need to use your birth name in order to do numerology on your name. Actually, um, when somebody will get married, they'll often... Um, do numerology on their new married name. So they'll re-add all the numbers and they'll see what they're going, what their old energy was and what their new energy was. It also can help inform people who are um, trying to pick whose name to pick, right? If you're a non-traditional couple, whose name do you go with? Well, do the numerology on it. Um, Okay. Now, for some reason, there's 52 numbers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't understand why they stopped at 52, but there's 52 numbers. If you go to slybu.com, S-L-Y-B-U.com, um, it gives you all 52. I'm not going to read all 52 to you. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to read the numbers one through nine based on that website. Again, I usually use judasalt.com, but um, these are about the same, so it doesn't really matter. It's, it really depends on what you think of the numbers, I think personally. Um, now, uh, if you need to pause this to do your numerology calculations, go for it. Again, it goes A through I for one through nine, J through R, one through nine, and S through Z, eight is the Z. So I don't know, pause this and figure out your number. If you're a one, you are powerful, self-reliant, and commanding. If you're a number two, your compatibility personified, and you have a very adaptive attitude. If you're a number three, you're very creative, and you have a willingness to face all challenges. If you're a four, you're disciplined. If you're a five, you're a freedom lover, traveler, and you have a creative side to you most of the time. If you're a number six, you keep yourself busy doing important things. If you're a number seven, you are curious and smart. If you're a number eight, you're highly determined, ambitious, and money-minded. And if you're a number nine, you're helpful and compassionate. Now, these numbers also work for your birth date or whatever. So if we're all in a five-year, we are all finding that love for freedom, that traveling side, our creative side. sucks right now because we can't travel, but maybe that's why. And last year, we were disciplined for the most part. (laughs) Not everybody. Not everybody is a part of this, but 
For the most part, we were disciplined. Um, of the other 52 numbers, 17, no, out of all of the 52 numbers, um, Slyboo.com goes through which of these are um, lucky or unlucky or neutral. So out of all the numbers, 17 are lucky, 17 are unlucky, and eight of them are neutral. Now, sometimes it would say something like, um, this is lucky unless this. I would put that under unlucky or this is lucky unless this and then I would put it under um lucky so uh, there's some that are like kind of iffy but it really was like a couple were lucky a couple were unlucky a couple were neutral a couple were lucky a couple like it was very evenly spread throughout the number system it wasn't like the first 17 are lucky <laughs> the next eight are neutral and then the rest are unlucky it's not like that because that would be like the higher the number is the more unlucky it is which isn't isn't the case um now, when you're doing this, every time you get a number, it's important. So your whole name, your entire name all added together is, a, is an important number. But so is just your first name and so is just your last name. So if my first name is 15 as a number, which is a 6, my last name is a 20, which is a 2, I can add those up to be the 8. That's my total name. That also works if I just do 15 plus 20, that's 35. Simplifying 35 leads to 8. So it... It doesn't matter how when you simplify it. You can simplify as you go, or you can simplify at the end. But um, the 15 and the 20 are also important numbers in my life. When I did um, my numerologytoolbox.com type in my name thing, it also told me one of my numbers was 26, which I'm not really sure how they got that from my first name and my last name. Um, but that still gives me the eight. That's the final thing. So I am highly determined, ambitious, and money-minded, no matter how you look at it. But I'm also, my first name keeps me busy in important things. And my last name gives me um, a, an adaptive attitude and I'm compatibility personified. <laughs> so all these numbers are important. Um, and they all become you. Because if there's only nine types of people, then that would be really boring. But we all know that there's more than nine types of people. I'm looking at you, Enneagrams. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like the Enneagrams. Um, it's like how some people in their bios will put their Enneagram number and their, um, I don't know what it's called, but or Meyer Briggs, the INFPJ or whatever, all those things, your, your house in Hogwarts, all of the good things, your witch type. So, um, these are all, these are all important numbers. So I, I mean, I guess if you want homework, <laughs> I would go journal your numbers. Um, I'm going to post a picture. I'm going to post a picture of my cards. I might also get a bee in my bonnet and type up all of this um, in like a cute little graphic, so you can keep that too. But no promises, okay? No promises. I have so much going on right now. Um, what did we learn today? We learned that numerology is really complicated, but not super hard, <laughs> and that. Um, an Egyptian goddess is showing up in our tarot decks and I'm so happy about it. I hope you'll join me next week for the hanged man. It's not like being hanged. It's getting a new perspective, but we'll talk all about that. Actually, mm -mm. I hope you'll join me in two weeks for the hanged man. I've started to do every other week just so I have time to do other things. I'm currently working a full-time job and starting to do, um, uh, some career coaching resume work. So I, I have less and less time for my spiritual practice, but I'm still making time for it. So it's just more spread out during the week. Also, I really don't know why this is 
Okay, well, come back in two weeks when my audio is better because I just learned how to use this freaking thing and I'm on episode 11. So have a great day. Okay, bye.